This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Uh, here for you, here for your pets, here to answer questions here, or whatever you want to talk about. I'm always prepared about something, but you know what? You can change my mind in a heartbeat. Just uh, get a hold of me, and we can talk about something you'd like to hear. Easiest way to get a hold of me, though it's not my favorite, but easiest way is give us a call, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-TOLL-FREE, 385-8882. Better way is to join us here live on Google Hangouts. Uh, everything is laid out for you. It's so easy. Just go to PetLifeRadio.com, click on Shows, scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and what you can do is you can see there's a link left for you there, and go ahead and just click on the link, and it will put you in touch with us directly, and you can see us live, you can join us, have your pen on your lap, whatever, and we can talk anything you want. You can also send me a quick email to drjeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Our producer, Mark Winter, will send it immediately to me, and we can talk that way as well. If you have any questions, that's the best way to do it. So hope uh, you're all enjoying this Sunday here in L.A. It is a magnificent Sunday. Actually, today they're expecting high 70s. Tomorrow, already in the low 80s, which has been amazing since we've had so much rain and snow. I was up in Mammoth uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there was so much snow. The banks by the roads uh, were 15 feet high. It was just unbelievable. And uh, they got another seven inches last week. This makes me very happy as uh, uh, right now they plan to be open through, at least they already made the announcement, through the 4th of July. Can you imagine? Can, you can be you know, sitting here in the sun one day and then and the next day you're up uh, skiing or snowboarding in one of the premier uh, locations in the U.S. More snow than anywhere in the U.S. right now. Mammoth Mountain, California. And it's, it is Mammoth Mountain. It's, it's just great. And we predict it's going to be open even later than July 4th. So that's really cool. So anyway, uh, as you know, because I like to just kind of let you know what's going on, what I, how do we stay current? You know, so there are a lot of news briefs or a lot of things in that, that we can, uh, you know, kind of stay on top of. I just came back from a couple of conferences. We were at the Western Vet Conference. Then I went to the Global Pet Expo, and that's really cool. There are a couple of us, the veterinarians, that uh, usually frequent the pet shows as well as the vet shows. So it, it's a good chance to uh, bump into some of my colleagues, my friend Ernie Ward, Marty Becker, you know, all usually there. We all kind of wear two hats in the industry. We work with the pet companies as well as the vet companies. So it's kind of cool. And of course, I was there, you know, with Mark Winter, our producer, Pet Life Radio. So uh, yeah, it's a huge show in Orlando at the convention center. And uh, it's always a really happening place. So one thing I read that really struck me, because I... This is something I've noticed before. I have five. I had six. I had to, you know, put one of my my cats tucks to sleep uh, this past year. But five cats, and you know, you think, how come you call your dog? Right? You, you say their name. I call. I say, Tommy, come here. And two, he's even heading over to me before I say, come here. And yet, cats, do they even recognize their names? I mean, what is it? They are so aloof. And the question is, yes, they do. They've done a number of studies, and cats do recognize their names. They just don't respond. The way a dog does it, you call a dog's name, depends on your tone. He's either running the other way. So, oh, what did I do now? Or they're going to come towards you because you say, hey, you know, again, it's all about tone. They don't always recognize the words, but they certainly recognize the tone of our voice. You know, you could say, you're a good dog. 
and they're going to be cowering. You say, oh, you're the dumbest dog in the whole world. And they're going to still come over to you wagging their tail. Oh, okay, good. Where's my treat? But cats recognize their names. And this is possibly why dogs actually come probably because of training and what we call selective breeding. But think about it. When puppies, and, we, and we, this is what we teach people to do, is when you want a dog to start recognizing their name, you take a little teeny treat and you say their name, give them the treat. Say their name, give them the treat. Say their name, give them the treat. Say their name. Ah, don't give them the treat this time. Maybe not the next time. But then the two times after that, give them a treat again. And each time you're getting this, so what's going to happen is ultimately when they hear their name, knowing that the treat's coming, operant conditioning, it's not always going to come. Always, you know, I usually tell people to do is also couple it with, oh, you're such a good boy, such a good girl, good dog. And then so pretty soon the pat in the head, the good dog, good girl, right? Good boy. That replaces the treat. You don't even have to give a treat anymore. And they're going to start coming to you for the affection. So, but we don't do that necessarily with cats. And, uh, and cats don't always come when they're called because they say, what do you want from me now? Leave me alone. I'm resting. I'm playing. I'm doing my thing. You just don't bother me. That's a cat. But as far as name recognition, they do. And I, I see it. I do see it with my cats because I do give my cats a lot of affection when I call them and call their names. I can walk in the kitchen. One of my big, I mean, huge cat named Bugsy. I go, hey, Bugs, come here, Bugsy. And he, he comes right over, jumps up on the counter and is just, you know, starting to rub his face into my, you know, my arm. And he wants, uh, he wants my hand. He wants, he wants to be petted. So cats are like that too. This is also interesting that parents of like baby bunnies and other small animals, all right, that seem to be abandoned are probably nearby. They're either looking for food. They're just doing their own thing for the day. So the, the important thing is when you see little animals kind of prating around on their own, don't immediately assume they've been abandoned. And because most likely studies show that mom is close by. So if you try to take them and do what you do, take them to the vet, whatever, their chances are of survival are less than if they stay with mom. So it is recommended, leave them alone. Now, if you want to keep an eye on things, you want to go back you know, a few hours later, or a day later and watch and see if they're still running around loose, that's okay. But just know that chances are mom is nearby. And you want to leave them alone and because uh, it just enhances their chances of survival if they're with mother. So that's, uh, that's something to know. Now, this is, you know, we always talk about the food thing and recalls. And I have, you know, there is another recall I wanted to tell you about. But uh, this is interesting. A growing number of pet owners, right, maybe many of you actually, are rejecting packaged dried kibbles in favor of some of these commercially made or homemade fresh foods, including raw meats believing that they are more nutritious than what you've been feeding in the bags and the name brand. Well, the truth of the matter is that, uh, and oh, another reason I hear all the time is because they feel that the raw meat mimics the ancestral diets, what their ancestors ate in the wild. It's true. It does mimic that, but uh, guess, guess what? That may be fine. The food may be what the animals ate in the wild, their ancestors, how many hundreds or thousands of years ago, but guess what? Their intestinal tracts and their flora, the gut flora is not the same anymore because of domestication. So don't kid yourselves in thinking that this is the way they should be fed. But you have to keep in mind that the established pet food companies, right? You have recipes based on literally years and years of science. And um, what the FDA recommends is that it just, it, I wouldn't say recommendation, it's more of a precautionary statement that these raw diets, A, may be contaminated with dangerous bacteria, which we know because almost, I mean, uh, two weeks, maybe, if not every week, at least every other week, we see and I talk about some FDA recalls because of problems like this. And also, some of the new boutique foods, since they've been gaining more popularity, as we've talked about before here on the show, that we are seeing more cases of canine 
dilated cardiomyopathy. And we don't know the link. In fact, I just talked to a good colleague of mine, Dr. Ned Mosier, who is a board-certified veterinary nutritionist. No one's still really been able to come up with the, the hard facts, the link. But all we know is, statistically, we are seeing more and more of this problem of cardiomyopathy, which is something we never saw in dogs before, because with the right amino acids, cysteine and methionine, sulfur-based amino acids, they can make their own taurine. The question is why? What is going on with some of these new diets that the body is not doing? Now, cats, we know, cannot make their own taurine, so they are supplemented with taurine in their, in their diets. So all good cat food diets contain taurine, which comes from real meat. That's why cats are, for one thing, they are obligate carnivores. They have to get some, um, some meat in their diet because of the taurine. And in many commercial foods, actually more taurine is even added. And since that discovery has been made, we're not seeing so many cases of, of dilated cardiomyopathy. But now we're seeing it in dogs. We never used to see it in dogs. So something is going on. Don't, we don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's a, the grain-free. Maybe it's the type of grain. Maybe there's something in legumes, which is often the, the for protein source, the grains are being replaced by legumes uh, that they have. Though they have it, they, you know, it's interesting. They test the cysteine It's there. But for some reason, the dogs can't use it to make their own taurine. So anyway, just... You know, keep that in mind. Now, if you live in Florida, there is something called a buffo toad or a buffo toad, also called a cane toad. Guess what? They are extremely toxic, even deadly. There was a story out of Tampa that a dog, young, healthy dog, began seizing within minutes after picking up a buffo toad into its mouth or a buffo toad and um, died shortly thereafter. And uh, so basically, just keep in mind that they emit a toxin that is deadly to dogs and cats. So if you live where these toads are and you have inquisitive pets, my recommendation is keep them away from those toads. Now, also, uh, one thing to remember that heartworm infection, speaking of Florida, in many parts of the country, uh, usually it's the south, east and southwest where it's humid, Texas, Louisiana, the, 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 the uh, Gulf Coast, Florida, the uh, heartworm mosquitoes year round. If mosquitoes are year-round, heartworm is year-round. So don't kid yourself into thinking that, oh, well, just because it's, they're not as bad or whatever, we should stop heartworm prevention. Heartworm prevention is easy. It's inexpensive. It comes in, in chewables. It comes in injectables. It comes in topicals uh, to, you know, to prevent um, heartworm. So my recommendation is have your pets tested at least you know, once a year is fine. Stay on the medication year-round, even here in L.A., there is, it's, it's interesting. There was a case that I had. I had actually one of the first cases of heartworm disease in a dog that never left Los Angeles. We never used to have mosquitoes. And um, this particular dog lived near one of the largest cemeteries called Forest Lawn. So when the heartworm society came out to evaluate the, the dog and the environment, and they saw how close they lived to, to the, the cemetery, they went up to the cemetery and they uh, picked up some headstones. And interestingly, not surprisingly, interestingly, there were zillions, thousands and thousands of mosquito larvae, okay? What's the link? Well, because they keep those greens, the grass is so lush and green, they are watered all the time. And it's, you know, we have warm weather. So even though we are typically don't have humid climates here in California, around when you have a lot of moisture and the heat, it does get moist. So we get more humidity and that was a breeding ground. They identified a mosquito. That is, um, I think it was called Culex or Culicoides clinkofaciatus. Big name. You don't have to remember it. But anyway, it is a year-round mosquito here in California, in Southern California. And therefore, even though typically we never really had to treat against heartworm disease, now we do. And as I tell my local clients, 
if you are sitting outside on an evening and you're just enjoying a little quiet time and reading or whatever, playing with your pets, and you see mosquitoes, it's time to test and start heartworm prevention. A couple more things we're going to go through, and then we're going to break for a, a quick uh, a quick word from our sponsors. So there's a new law in Virginia, which makes animal abuse a felony and punishable by five years in prison and a $2,500 fine. It's about time. And Indiana is now in the process of trying to pass a similar law, being animal abuse a felony. I'm sure you've heard the story about his father-son who killed a mama bear and her cubs for fun, just for sport, and they got basically a slap on the wrist. Of course, many of us would have preferred something way more aggressive than that, maybe even a lot more jail time. But how crazy, a couple of months or something, they had to serve three months in prison. That's nuts. Sleeping, hibernating, bear, mama bear and her cubs. They were apparently the cubs were screaming. They, haven't, they were searching. They were interesting, but these idiots didn't know that they were actually had cameras on the bear and her cubs because they were studying hibernation and habits. And these guys thought, oh, this is their home free. And they literally just murdered them. So it's a good thing I wasn't around with my hunting gun. So anyway, um, I'm just joking. I don't own a hunting gun. But still, uh, I would have used it on them, not the, of course, not the bear. As I said, recall, Purina, Nestle Purina, uh, issue a recall. Now, in all fairness, this is not about bacteria and raw diet. Their muse chicken and gravy, wet food, canned food, little three-ounce cans, they found rubber, pieces of rubber. What are pieces of rubber in your cat's canned food? So um, something must have broken the chain and spitting out these little rubber pieces. And the concern was that the cat eating it might choke on the rubber. So um, anyway, just keep in mind. Now, this is found in Norway, but you can, uh, this can happen anywhere. A tick-borne virus in raw milk, which can affect people who drink the raw milk. And it's called tick-borne encephalitis, uh, discovered in Norway. And it just, it's just a warning. It's just a, something for us to talk about. That really, we need to be very careful about drinking unpasteurized or partially pasteurized dairy products or eating them dairy products because of this. In fact, the AVMA has a statement that they warn against any non-pasteurized dairy products for human consumption. And it's, and it's because, I mean, I'm just going to read you a list. It's a short list, maybe not so short. It's a short list of all, these are the different bacteria that are found in potentially dairy products that are not pasteurized. Okay, brucellosis, Campylobacter, Coxiella, Cryptosporidia, Listeria, Salmonella, Tuberculosis, and E. coli. Pretty scary, huh? So um, anyway, bottom line. If now people are saying, you know what, I'm going vegan after hearing this. But if you're going to have dairy products, you got to just make sure it's pasteurized. Yes, you want to be natural. That's great. Unfortunately, your gut is not able to handle all these bacteria. So be smart and uh, drink and eat pasteurized products. And don't go away. We'll be right back after these shorter messages. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Radio. 
And welcome back. You're live with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. And I'm going to ask you a question. So um, have you ever, like kind of out of the blue, woken up, taken a look at your dog, and you see a big swelling under his eye? And the reason I'm talking about it is I had three cases in the last week or week and a half of this particular problem. And, you know, immediately people are worried about, oh, my God, did he get bitten by a bug? Is it a bee bite? Is it a spider bite? Is the, the right under, right here under the eye, right by the upper cheek, you have a big swelling. And I'm actually working with, uh, we have a, an extern. Uh, she's doing a preceptorship, finished uh, veterinary school at Auburn. Uh, her name is Sarah. She is, um, all the Auburn students, they finish all their classwork. And then the last two months before their degree, they, they either work at one place or, or many places. They set them up. She's working with me for two months. She already passed her California board. She actually wants to practice in California. So we had, you know, a couple of cases like this. And I asked, you know, what's going on? And, you know, and right away, they're thinking about the same things that most people think. And this is classic. I made the diagnosis just with the dog walking in the door. Didn't have to touch it. It's like the horses versus the zebra. The most obvious thing. Always go for the most obvious thing. I always teach this to young veterinarians. Go for the most obvious. If it looks like a duck, looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So these things have such a characteristic location. And when you see it, I would say 95 or maybe even higher percent of the time, we're talking about a carnasal root abscess. The carnasal tooth is the upper fourth premolar. And it is the one... It's, a, it's probably one of the first ones that often gets missed when you're brushing. It happens to be a tooth where the salivary ducts enter the mouth right over. So they collect a lot of tartar. You know, the tartar is basically starts as the plaque, which is the film left over from eating. Obviously, those teeth are used most often for eating because they are chewing teeth. They're the part what we call the chewing teeth, the premolars and molars. And uh, so therefore, they have the most film on them. Now you add the saliva and time because they're not being brushed and this saliva hardens the plaque and plaque becomes calculus or tartar. And before you know it, you have that fixed stuff literally hanging right on the tooth with poor dental care, not enough professional dental care, not uh, brushing well enough, if at all. And all of a sudden the bacteria, the infection goes up in the mouth, goes in, starts loosening the uh, attachment of the tooth into the bone. And we have what's called an apical root abscess. And on dental x-ray, I'm sure you've had x-rays in your mouth. Your dog should have x-rays and cats should have x-rays in their mouths as well um, when you go in for routine cleanings and at least once a year, and you're going to see this abscess. So it's so weird. You know, we say these things, bad things happen in threes. Well, this abscess happened in threes. So there are a number of, well, I wouldn't say a large number. There are basically two choices in my book when you have this abscess. One is root canal, which most, I shouldn't say that, many general practice veterinarians don't do. Um, fortunately, there are veterinary dentists now. These are veterinarians. After completion of veterinary school, they go on to do a residency in dentistry, and they become board certified as veterinary dentists. And either the American Veterinary Dental College or the American College of Veterinary Dentistry, uh, there are two organizations out there that certify dentists or veterinarians that, that are going to be practicing as dentists. So root canal, but the thing with the root canal, just so you know, of a carnasal tooth, since the carnasal tooth is a three-rooted tooth. But And they all communicate, the roots. So that means if you have to do the root canal, you got to do all three roots. So it is not easy. It is costly, but that is an option. Uh, costly, I would say, uh, it could be as much as, I don't know, depending. In our area, it might be 1500 to $2,000 doing the root canal on that tooth. If you get it um, early, it's possible you can do like a, what we call a pulpotomy, uh, still a little expensive. Most people, I would tell you, 
at least most of my clients will usually opt just to remove the tooth. And that is a bit of a challenge, but it is is now, you know, with the modern advances in veterinary dentistry, because of dentistry as a specialty, we're learning ways to actually remove a tooth fairly easily. We do a gum flap, we shave away some of the bone surrounding the tooth on the lateral aspect. We split the tooth into two, sometimes even to three. So each, then you end up just taking each root out separately, makes it a lot easier. And what I then do is I will put a drain. So obviously you have direct communication from the top of that root, that is the infected root or roots right into that spot, which is what happens is the reason why that swelling erupts just under the eye is that the infection follows the path of least resistance. It can't go down through the hard tooth, but what it does is it can travel upward and it goes, shoots right up, right up under the eye, creates a huge abscess right under the eye. And it's interesting is that, and I show this to the people, sometimes I can gently put pressure on the abscess with the lips pull back and you can see the pus literally coming out through the bone, the, the skin and the gums around the tooth. It's like really, it's crazy. So anyway, that is something that it's not as uncommon as you think. Actually, if anything, it's, it's fairly common. So just know that when you have it, don't panic. It's probably a root abscess. The tooth, as I said, talk to your veterinarian. The, the, the options are now, there are many veterinarians out there that are general practice veterinarians that did take extra courses in teeth and can do root canals. And if that's the case, then that might be an option for you. As I said, many of my clients just stop because of the expense. And it happens more likely than older dogs. They're eating softer food. All you have to do is they, they still have their other side of the mouth. They still have other teeth that they can use to chew. And let's face it, how many of you have had dogs that have over the years have had to pull almost every tooth because of some sort of either infection, gum disease, gingivitis, periodontal disease, loosened teeth. They pull them anyway, and the dogs do just fine. I had a cat, my old um, oriental short hair. His name was Sushi, appropriate name for oriental short hair. And he, uh, by the time we had to finally put him to sleep at 17, or maybe he was even 18, um, <laughs> he had two teeth left in his mouth. And, uh, and he did, again, was doing just fine, eating just fine. But anyway, see your doctor, see your veterinarian. If you are interested, and if your veterinarian doesn't do root canals, maybe ask for a referral, either to a, a, a veterinary specialist, a dental specialist, or even a, a nearby veterinary hospital. I mean, veterinary a university teaching hospital. Yeah, they will most likely be able to do it there or pull the tooth, but make sure that they flush. I, as I said, put a drain in for about three or four days. Let these start antibiotics. Typically, you know, one of the antibiotics that's good for oral infections, like a clavamox or a clindamycin. And, uh, and then after a couple of days, pull the drain. It heals beautifully. These dogs and cats, well, I usually see dogs do just fine. So um, just, you know, keep in mind. So don't panic. Once again, it's, it's one of those things. It's almost like a hot spot in the sense that you go out, your dog is fine, and you come back three hours later, and there's a huge moist lesion somewhere on his body, and you panic. And you say, I wasn't there when I left. What happened? And it's, we call it a hot spot or a moist lesion, a moist dermatitis. And again, many reasons over the years why this happens, but it does. It's a wicked, wicked infection. So that's the same thing with these abscesses. They seem to pop up out of nowhere, and right away you're panicked. And just understand that it's probably a root abscess, easily managed, not necessarily so cheaply managed, but easily managed. And um, it's, as I said, uh, good cleaning. And this brings me to the, the original thing is dental care at home is so important. Our pet's teeth are often neglected, get into a habit, 
and you can make it fun. You can make it enjoyable for the dog or the cat. Cats are admittedly a little bit tougher. And so the two things I want to guard against, number one, make sure that you get your dogs on a home oral regimen of dental care. And don't be fooled by these anesthesia-free, non-anesthetic dental places, usually at a grooming facility, even if there's a veterinarian there. The, the, the truth of the matter is, and any vet dentist will tell you, there are studies out there to prove that no matter, there's no way, no way, even if you have the best dog in the world, a cat, forget about it, impossible, to do the deep root cleaning, to get up above the gums, deep into those sulci, into those pockets, clean off all the debris, all right? You can't do that in an awake dog, period. So you can get the surface of the teeth clean maybe pretty well. And so you lift up the gum, you see the teeth, they look clean, but what's going on under the gums, you're not seeing, and trust me, they're not clean. So uh, speak to your, your veterinarian and uh, get your pets on a regular regimen of dental care and start teaching your dogs to like having their teeth brushed. Easier said than done, I know, but uh, no, it can be done, and my dogs are totally receptive. All right. Anyway, that's it. We have all we uh, have for today. If you have any questions or any subjects that you guys want to hear about, talk about, learn more about, and don't worry, even if it's something, trust me, if you think your pet is going through something, I guarantee, guarantee, there are many listeners out there going through the same thing. So don't think that yours is such a unique problem and you, you're embarrassed to talk about it or to tell me about it. Go ahead. Give us a call. Send me a note to Dr. Jeff at Dr. Jeff. I mean, at uh, PetLifeRadio.com. And um, always, you can always call us here on the show Sunday mornings, 9 in the West, noon and East and anywhere in between Mountain and Central Time and um, at 877-385-8882 or every week. There's going to be a Google Hangouts link left for you here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio and join us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see you. And um, hopefully we can uh, enhance the health care you provide to your pets. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.